Christmas in the rear view. Welcome into One Giant Step. I'm Sean Morash. His Paul Dottino, a non-victory Monday, a losing Monday following Saturday's 27-24 loss, a heartbreaker. Wake me up when you hear this before. A team record kick to beat the Giants has happened for an opponent. Insert here, Greg Joseph, the latest as the Giants lose on a 61-yarder at the gun. A game that was filled with a lot of positives and a lot of mistakes that you do worry if that kind of stuff happens in a playoff game, you'd be kicking yourself. So we will dissect it from all angles. First, Paul, hope the trip to Minnesota went well for you. And uh, welcome back and a Merry Christmas. And we'll recap this bad boy. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas to you and everybody out there. It was... uh... Minus 27 degrees wind chill, I believe, or minus 29 at game time. But we had a roof over our heads, and I was very grateful for that. I know Bud Grant was ticked off. He'd rather play outside. (laughs) But he was watching the game at home, and, you know, he didn't have to deal with those elements uh, in any event. I will tell you you this, Sean. The thing that that I think is a little bit blunting uh, uh, some of the disappointment in this game, and maybe it is for you, maybe it's not. But much like we talked about, before the Philly game and before the the Washington game that wound up in a tie, the Giants are still completely in control of their own destiny. And they knew going in that that was going to be the case. It did not matter win or lose. They would still be in 100% control of their fate. Sure, they might have been in a situation where they'd have to win the final two games, but at least – you know what's going to happen based on what you do. You're not biting your nails off looking at the scoreboard as you were a couple of years ago when Philly tanked that last game of the season. So in that regard, this was not devastating. But in the other regard, well, I'm still waiting for the time when an NFL kicker hits a 70-yarder to beat the Giants on the final play because it will happen one day. Yeah, Paul, I I sat there. I was sitting with my dad, my neighbor Dave, and – both of them. There's no way he makes his kick. I said, guys, it's inside. I've seen worse kicks made against the Giants. He's making the kick. He's absolutely making the kick. And of course he did. There's no doubt. And Paul, with that, you know, and I'll spin this forward a little bit. I, I want to focus on some of the negatives for the positives. I do want you to hold this thought. The fact that the Giants knew they would control their own destiny afterwards and the fact that they knew that they were going to go against a soft defense as far as getting the passing game going, I think that we saw some breadcrumbs and some things for the Giants that they could grow a lot of confidence off of. And I just wonder if not having that do or die mentality the way it felt the week before with the commanders might have helped the Giants in the long run figure some things out offensively where they, you know, could kind of play a little more free and easy. But first, before we focus on all the positives, because there was a lot of it, and Daniel Jones deserves basically a badge of honor for everything that happened on Saturday, the negatives. There was a laundry list, Paul. I I mean, from the block punt with four and change left that completely altered everything. Richie James's drop on third down, which the Giants ended up getting a 55-yard out of Gano. Had two fourth-quarter drops. Two fourth-quarter drops. Well, specifically the one bad, bad one that where they were churning inside. Yep, that was horrible. Both Um, of his fourth-quarter drops would have been first downs that he held onto the ball. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not going to kill other drops like where Hodgins drops that third down. It was tight coverage. Good play by Peterson. Obviously, Daniel Jones's interception is going to be put under a magnifying glass. But look, the guy hadn't had a pass interception since the Detroit game. And before the Detroit game was a long drought, too. So I'm not going to crush Daniel Jones for interceptions. It's one thing he doesn't do. And of course, the Bellinger fumble, which I give Bellinger credit post game. He took all ownership about I need to hang on to that for a rookie 
who's not a high pick either, who's had a lot thrown at his plate. Boy, he stood up there and answered that like a champ. When frankly, I'd be honest, of all the mistakes, looking back on replay, I just looked at that as an unbelievably great play that a lot of good players might have fumbled on that. But still, all of those plays were killers, Paul. Um, Obviously, you know, we could rank them from here to there. What do you think was the biggest, basically, falter that was the death blow to the Giants in the end? Oh, I thought the block punt was the most critical one because obviously not only did that give the Vikings golden field position, but then it allowed them to get the touchdown that made it an eight-point game. Uh, You mentioned Bellinger. Look, he came back with the redemption, making a terrific stab on a dart of of Daniel Jones's in the back of the end zone for the two-point conversion that tied the game. So, you know, that's always nice to see when a young player – makes a critical mistake, but then when he's called upon the next time, he redeems himself. So I thought that was pretty important there. But, yeah, the block punt, uh, you know, the guy came right up the middle. Uh, Casey Kreider looks like he, he lost his balance or something, and he went down to the ground, and that's why the the uh, the rusher was right in Gillen's face. Uh, and there was nothing he could do about it. I mean, a part of me was like, well, maybe he could have got, no, he couldn't have. You watch the replay. There's no way he was getting out of that. That was going to be a block punt. Great job by Julian Love. I was going to say, yes. Fall on the ball so well, that he, the Vikings couldn't scoop and score. And not only that, Love not only fell on the ball, I mean, he, he got within semi-striking distance that there was at least a glimmer of a thought, wow, maybe he breaks a tackle here and he gets the first down out of it. I mean, it was never going to happen, but there was like that that glimmer of who knows. But obviously that's brutal. And anytime, Paul, it just feels like where a podcast keeps bringing up, games decided by special teams. I mean, the Seattle game clearly decided by those fumbles on the punts. This game with the block punt, uh, it just it sets you back. You cannot lose games on special teams. And I know it's weird because the flip side is Gano essentially doesn't miss and is making kicks from all over the place. So you could argue they're winning a lot of games from that angle of special teams. But special teams mistakes, just it, it's unbelievable how many games can come down to them. Yeah, and, and that's what happens when you're you're swimming in the quicksand of mediocrity. Uh, right. A play here or there, a call here or there, and all of a sudden the game is decided. The shame about it is with the Giants special teams is that they've got this unbelievably robotic kicker in Gano, who is like as automatic as, as you can get. They've got Gillen, who has really on occasion boomed some terrific punts. Very also, inconsistent, though, Paul. But also Very. inconsistent, right? Yep. Also inconsistent. You have coverage units, which have been inconsistent. And you have a return game that hasn't really done very much. Uh, The wild part about this was, Sean, that the Giants really didn't get burned in the return game the other day. The special team's mistake had nothing to do with giving the Vikings field position off of a return. It had to do with a block punt, which was even worse. You're a thousand percent right about that. And again, we're going to save a segment here for a lot of the positives. So let's keep the negatives coming. Uh, Obviously, we'll get into the Giants going down the field right after that and tying the game on. I mean, just the signature drive by Daniel Jones capped off by an enormous run as best of the day by Saquon Barkley as the hole opens the seas part and he runs in there. And then, as you mentioned, the two point conversion, which was just a thing of beauty from Daniel Jones. So now you get into a spot. uh, Here you are. 
Vikings, Kirk Cousins, Ojolari out of the game. Oh, by the way, man, this poor guy. Every time he's on the field, he gets a sack, and he had a big one earlier in the game. Gets hurt again, uh, which we can get into in a little bit. You don't have him on that pass rush. Thibodeau is doing all he can. At, you know, obviously, whether it's Darius or whoever, I mean, he's just getting he's getting locked up. By the way, you know, everybody wants to complain to Washington about what was missed the call earlier, that final play that sets up the field goal. Can we get a holding call on Kayvon Thibodeau? I've went back and watched that multiple oh, times. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could argue that's a worse non-call. Nobody talking about that because Giant fans don't quite cry like Commander fans. But how did you think, based on no secondary, obviously still missing Jackson, earlier in the game you had obviously Love and Holmes who did everything they could at and only to have that play come through. But late in the game, Landon Collins gets that sack. Then, obviously, what happened there on the Jefferson and catcher, the two of them in the catch and run. Did you have any problem with the wink play this? And is just just a matter of not having you know enough talented bodies out there, Paul? That sets no, up. No, it's field? a matter of, of guys making great plays for the Vikings. You know, you always hear they get paid too. There were two catches by Jefferson on the game-winning drive. One in which Wink sent the house and came within like that much of plastering yeah. uh, cousins into the turf. So. The play, the, the, the play call was good. They forced Cousins into making a really a desperation throw. And to be frank with you, I don't think Holmes was that far off of Jefferson. He closed and and Jefferson made the play. He's Jefferson might be the MVP lead. I know Yo, there's I some it. people gonna think it's Jalen Hurts. I think it's Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> 